We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Everyone is here today. This is our NBA playoff preview show. About time. We get to the real NBA. Packed out. Packed out parties. This is the NBA that I fuck with. The regular season NBA, I'm very lukewarm on. This is the this is the one though. This is the one. This is the one. It's time. It's like a. It's like. How long is the playoffs? Like two months. Dropped a Bruce Buffer. It's time. <clears throat> yeah, it it's is. Time. Yo, Bruce Buffer or Michael Buffer? Bruce. Bruce. We've, we've had, had this. this. We've had this. Oh, we it's have. Bruce. Yeah. It's Bruce. The answer is Michael, but you know, I'm just gonna. That's neither here nor there. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um. <clears throat> yeah, it's about it's about two months. It ends like mid June. In the twenties, same with the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, which is nice. I mean, it's like a two. They run around the same time, so you got great sports on for the next two months. Meaningful yeah. sports, at least. Yeah, you got the NHL. Playoffs. Yeah, two playoff series going on. Also, I wanted to talk about before we get into NBA, like the tweet that you sent out about mm. you seem pretty heated that ESPN is covering the WWE. I just can't believe it. Why? I can't believe it's come to that point because I mean, let's just be real and. If ESPN had a choice, I don't think they would cover wrestling if they didn't have to. They didn't need the eyes. That's why they didn't for so long, and now all of a sudden they need the eyes and they're covering wrestling. It's just it's because it's scripted for me. Like like the the analogy I put it was that would like be that would be the news covering war movies. Like not the actual wars going on, movies about wars. That's like equivalent to me. Uh, I mean, I I thought that was a pretty bad uh, comparison. You, I kind of disagree with it. I see, I see where you're going. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think. I kind of like them covering. Like, I'm not, I, I don't care for. It. Like, I think it's not a bad idea to cover wrestling. Like, it's it's scripted, but we don't know the outcome. That's what I'm saying about the war movie thing. Oh. Like, if you watch Saving Private Ryan, you know the outcome of it. Right. Pearl Harbor, you know the outcome of it. Wrestling, the company knows. We don't. Right. And it's a form of entertainment. And it's entertainment. still pro wrestling, like, 
getting done. You know, like the act of the act yeah. of wrestling is still going on. They're athletic. It's a sport, but most of the reason why it's it's entertaining is because they're p- performing athletic moves. So, right. so the reason why ESPN is covering wrestling, uh, you got to go back to about three, four years ago. The coach, Jonathan Coachman, used to work for WWE, crossed over, became an anchor for ESPN. Now he's back over there. Tim also hit the nail on the head, which I thought you would be able. Well, you did realize when you said it on air, but they're getting eyes, right? WWE's contracts with uh, USA Network is running out. So they're going to be a free agent in a couple months. That's big. What does Raw and SmackDown Live offer that no other show on TV offers that's not a sport? It's live entertainment. Nothing else offers that. All your favorite reality shows, all your favorite sitcoms, those are all on tape delay. They've been recorded before. This is a three-hour window and a primetime slot on Monday and then a two-hour window on on, uh, Tuesday. Raw gets two to three million eyes every week for about 25 years now. They just had their anniversary. SmackDown Live is getting two to three million eyes too. And right now they their contracts are up. So that was another reason why ESPN started doing that. Probably to, you know, get them, yo, we're covering you guys like an actual sport. Come over to our network. ESPN, Tim, you you cut ESPN's ass every chance you get. One of the reasons why they're doing all this cord cutting, because people aren't tuning in. The off the top rope segment that Jonathan Coachman would do with like a wrestler every week was the highest rated ESPN Sports Center program that they had. So a lot of people are tuning in. That's why. It's I mean, good it's good business for them. It makes sense in that way. I, I just hate that it, it's come to that, I guess. ESPN's done. But they're trying to they're trying to stay relevant too. I mean, they're yeah. not gonna The thing is like no one on cable television covers wrestling. Yeah, no one like. Yeah, like, it would be a good look. It would not be a only good look that, for wrestlers, I but feel like. like since ESPN, you know, over the last whatever ten years or so, 12, 10, 15 years, NFL Network has come out that's strictly football. So football fans would probably go there if they just want to hear about football. MLB Network, NBA Network, like every professional sport has their own network now. Wrestling doesn't have that, you know, out there on television. So you see it, like Nick said, once a week, but there's no coverage of it. Coverage of what happened the night before, what's going on, possibly next week. And if that's something ESPN can like, I guess take advantage of. I don't. I definitely think that's like a phenomenal and move. It's also kind of weird that that doesn't even exist. That that doesn't exist yet. Like Isn't coverage? that weird? Like coverage? Like what? They have their own yesterday? website, but they don't have like any. They have the WWE Network, but it's a paid subscription. Like they don't have anything out there yeah, on cable television. I feel like that's such an easy thing. Like it's a very popular thing. The the fan base is very like loyal. I feel like how could they used to have shows on like Spike TV, like Confidential, like a top ten. Guys, there are shows recapping and letting know. It's called the Squared Circle Circle Jerks. There he goes. Not on cable TV. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But yo, look now, now especially their current product, they have two stars that are former UFC champions. You have that crossover too. A lot of wrestling fans are also sports fans, so there's like a correlation there where you could get the the wrestling fan and the sports fan. To that, just come and tune into your program. That's a, that's a real reason why. I, I see why someone like you would be upset about it. I, I wasn't going to be offended. I didn't get offended by what he said. I was just going to let him know why they're doing it. Definitely. It's a money grab. I know. I, I know. Without I a doubt, a money that, grab, yeah. for sure. And look, CM Punk just signed on to fight in UFC 225 like yeah, a couple Brock, hours ago. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is has been a UFC champion in the heavyweight division, which they Crazy. that title is the baddest man on the planet. A lot of people say. It's another thing about wrestling. We everyone says the script that everyone thought he was dropping the title at Mania and going back to UFC. Nope. 
Yeah. Sign, sign uh, back uh, up. A hundred dollar parlay, $181,000 on five outcomes at Mania. Hey, it's scripted. I wish I would have known that. You know, yeah, so it's nah, true. They do. They do swerve you. But that, that's besides the point. The real reason why wrestling is covered by, by SportsCenter and ESPN is because it's a money grab. And you'd be dumb not to get all those viewers to just come over to you. Real quick before you just move on to the, the NBA. Rousey? Bro, Rousey's... That was so fire. The moment she becomes dope on the mic... It's over. It's a wrap. That's the biggest style I'll probably ever have in the women's division. She's fucking nice. Yeah, she's a beast. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. But, like, I kind of, like... I mean, everyone should have seen that coming, though. Like, no, she, she was mean, on the mats for, like, a long-ass time. Yeah, like, but that's was, different than, like, t- actually taking a bump. And, like, when, yeah, when nah, are you doing the, that? Nah, the, the... She's taking bumps on the mats. Yeah, but not, like, on purpose. Yeah, the she's wrestling. Like wrestling yeah, but that dude, she's a former. Uh, she's an Olympian. Judo. You're, you're she's training in the UFC. To, to lose. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're training right, to lose. No, right. Like well, that's that, never what she's been doing. I mean, it, it definitely it definitely is not the same, but it translates. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, the the yo the in ring stuff was never an issue. If it was, and you're you're just being foolish and being that's what I mean. Like, her, her having to act and now yo when she walked out at WrestleMania, Frankie was furious. Frankie, who I do the show with, the jerks with, cheap plug. He was like, yo, I hate that she's smiling. I'm like, dude, this is the first time she saw 75,000 people in one building. Yeah. UFC, they sell out everywhere they go, but they're in arenas. They're going to turn her heel in seconds. It's going to oh, be yeah. sick. Yo, if you have like, <laughs> I don't know, say like, like just what you said. If you walk out and you have 80,000 people popping for you, like what, what are you going to do? Like, for real. I'm I'm cheesing. I'm cheesing hard. Yeah. I don't care what my character is. Of course you are. You got you got an authentic reaction there. Yeah, she's a beast. Yeah, she's awesome. Um. Anyway, let's uh talk about the NBA. Let's get to it. Whoa. Uh, before we get <laughs> before we get to uh the playoffs, let's talk about the regular season. I just want to know like your biggest storyline or takeaway from uh the regular season this year. I think that uh, injuries robbed us. Mm. Us being the fans this year, uh, Boogie Cousins. Went down about midway, a little after the midway point of the season. And Pelicans were, they're in the playoffs, and they were on track to, you know, be a, a top seed in the playoffs. Yeah. And then they lost him, and many people thought they would fade away. But AD kept them afloat, and ultimately Rondo and company, uh, Drew Holiday, got them in the playoffs. E-Twizzy. E-Twizzy also in there. Etwan Moore, baby. The GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gordon Hayward, Kyrie. Gordon Hayward out from, you know, what, minute nine of the season. So it's just like a rough, been a rough go for the fans. Kawhi Leonard played all of nine games this year. Uh, Chris Asporzingis, a up and comer, possibly, you know, future star in the NBA. He's a star already, but who knows what's going to happen after the ACL injury? Especially with a big man, you never know how how his knees respond. And Steph Curry also a Golden State missing time and possibly the first series of the playoffs against the Spurs. So we'll see what happens but i just feel us to the fans with all those teams i said aside from the knicks and porzingis all those teams are in the playoffs and for boogie cousins it would have been his first playoff appearance which would have been cool to see with ad and boogie together in the playoffs doing damage um i just feel like we were robbed of that but that's the game that's basketball injuries are part of the game i understand that but i just wish we could have seen all these guys healthy you know coming into this time of year which which definitely lends the question of are the pelicans better with boogie cousins or not I mean, they were they were where they were with him. It's it's something to ponder, but yeah, my yours is injuries taking away uh, what we saw. Mine has something to do with injuries, though. But it's more about the healthy side of that. Injuries staying away. Injuries staying away, and my biggest uh, storyline is the process. Uh, the process is almost complete out there in Philadelphia, and for the first time this year, we saw a 76ers team that is back. 
Uh, 52 and 30 on the year. They won their last 16. Everybody knows that. 30 and 11 at home, which is ridiculous. Joel Embiid hurt right now, but you can see what he's capable of. Even on limited time on the floor, he's such a difference maker. And what's nice about, not nice to do this hurt, but it's not an injury that they were concerned about. Right. It wasn't the back. It wasn't the knee. Right. Well, he just got clocked. Right, right, right. He just got, he's well, just possible like, concussion, which is like something to worry about in terms yeah. of like getting him back. But yeah. long term, now. Nah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just going to look like Rip Hamilton for a little while. Uh, ben Simmons looks like the next LeBron James. Honestly, he looks like... His knowledge on the court and his athleticism for someone his size is that's the next guy up. Um, my guy, I, I know I was just gonna come, Dario. Dario, <laughs> my guy, Dario. Look, he's the perfect fit for this squad. Markel Fultz still has to get over whatever the fuck is bothering him, but he put up the youngest triple, triple double, double in yeah. NBA history last night. Close out the year. So yeah, so to close out the year, and everyone can see that he's athletically gifted. He just has to work on that jump shot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everything's kind of working out in Philly, and I think that the reason that this is not just another story and it's the biggest story is if I'm LeBron James next season and I'm looking for not only success but sustained success, earlier in the year I said it's New York was the destination. Chris Tapps got hurt, and Philly has really risen up and become, I think, that that ideal situation for a guy out there. They got J.J. Reddick coming off the books for, like, I think it's like almost $20 million. Yeah. So they're gonna have cast space wide open to sign LeBron, and I, th- I think that's just, I think that's the play for LeBron because not only can he win a championship ne- there next year, but that team when he's not LeBron, that team can carry him to championships when he's not the guy. I think that's a tough situation just because like LeBron's coming off even at this age one of his better years in his career, if not the, his best year, and Ben Simmons is ball dominant. So like LeBron would be ha- even though it's the back, like he's still playing great ball on the back end of his career. And he'd be willing to have to play off ball, I think, if he'd want to go there for them to succeed. I feel like that would cause a lot of Yeah, they take the they take up the ball they they both do the same things on the court. That's what occupy I'm the same space. Uh, that's, they, that's, they, they said like about also, Harden and Paul though too. But I also that's what they said. Yeah, but it's different. Like this is like the man and then you're talking about the next up. Like you don't think the media's gonna try and pit the, pin these guys like against each other and shit and like already that's all you see is comparing the two. Of course they will. But I'm who saying, but like, you know, it, it's that's gonna happen regardless. I mean, I'm with you. If I'm LeBron and, like, you're ready to take that, like, you know, when Dwayne Wade was like, I'm ready to not be the guy anymore. And he's just like, whatever. If LeBron ever gets to that point, I don't think it's now at all. Nah. Obviously. But, like, that could be. Also, Simmons isn't getting paid yet. Mm. So, you could sign LeBron to a max for two, three years until Simmons got to get paid because he's he's on his rookie deal. They just extended Embiid in the offseason. So, that's, that's a nice destination for him for sure. Especially if you think about it, the, the Cavs are going to obviously get worse. You just shift the power of the East over to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. I think whatever team in the East LeBron decides to go to, if it is in the East, they become the favorites in the East. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. That's Even been, it, I mean, that's been the case his, his whole career. 75% of the teams in the West, the West, unless he joins the Suns, know. they're the favorite in the, the West, Celtics too. I think the Celtics might be the favorite next year coming, coming in healthy. Yeah, if they're healthy, yeah. With a with a LeBron James led 76ers squad with all that talent, I mean maybe not. It's gonna be a good fight at the top. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you that. If he goes anywhere but Philly or Boston, I think the Celtics. Or <clears throat> if he stays in Cleveland, I still think Boston's a favorite. So anywhere but Philly. Speaking of Boston, my my biggest takeaway is I think coaching this year you saw it really matter, right? Gordon Hayward gets hurt about five minutes into the season, right before the first uh, TV timeout. You know he. That gruesome injury. They lose Kyrie also. Marcus Smart. Uh, Daniel Thies, the German dude, was a big, big part of their rotation too. He went down. And, dude, this team won. Tim has the records right here. 55 games. 
It's not a team that should have won that many games with all those injuries. You look at the West, right? The Spurs. Kawhi Leonard didn't play this year, if you think about it. Like, the real Kawhi Leonard didn't yeah. play. I know he got in a couple games, and they made the playoffs, too. They continue that streak of, of dominance, of being such a stable franchise. Dwayne Casey, uh, Impey brought up that bar about, you know, he's he's cooking up a new recipe with the same with the same uh, ingredients. ingredients, right? Changed the entire dynamic of, of the Raptors. Quinn Snyder over in Utah had no Rudy Gobert, and then he said, you know what? The only way we can succeed is I got to give the keys to the franchise to a 19-year-old. Donovan Mitchell just took off. So I think that this year you really saw culture matters, especially in the regular season when, you know, you're on a three games in four nights, going from Denver to Miami and all that. Like, you saw the uh, these coaches being the elite coaches that they are and got their teams into the playoffs. Yeah, there's like four or five legit candidates for Coach of the Year. Yeah, and you can argue every single one of them. That might be the one of the funnest debates. You know how last year you had four or five MVP candidates and everyone had a strong case? I think Coach of the Year is like that this year. We are going to get to that. Yes, we are. Uh Let's let's do some some awards. I'm not going to start with Coach of the Year though. I want to start with uh, an interesting one, Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. This one is the hot debate coming Yo, up, man. First of all, it's mad funny how Donovan Mitchell's wearing those like hoodies. But like that hoodie spoke to what Ben Simmons is. But like that definition of a rookie is what Ben Simmons like. Ben Simmons fulfilled that definition. I just thought it was funny. I'm just saying, like it, whatever. Does like, he? it was funny? But yeah, why not? I don't know. Where was this conversation when Blake Griffin was a rookie? I think the conversation was there. I don't think so. This is the conversation we would have had. This same conversation when you're talking about Hideki Matsui becoming being uh, the rookie of the year in baseball. That same one that you that you brought yeah, up again. That's totally different. That guy's like 28 years old coming over here I, with professional experience. Like Ben Simmons didn't have any professional experience. What do you think about Mitchell's thing where he said, "Imagine you had a year to study for a test." Before taking the test, and someone else didn't have any time to study, they just went right into the test. Who has the advantage? I mean, I mean, the rules are the rules. At the the end of the day, the rules are the rules. We could debate the rules all we want. Right. Simmons fulfills the rookie. Yeah, I think. What? Go ahead. I was gonna say Simmons having a year of NBA training and learning the playbook. But realistically, how much was he training? He was injured. Yeah, not for the he whole year, though. He was, not for the whole year, but... February, he was, he was able to start practicing. Who knows if he was 100%. But it still is an advantage to just be And the, the training, the building, too. And, I'm sure yeah, he was still training the coaching. with NBA facilities. Okay, so you're going to slight You meet him? your teammates? You meet your teammates? No, you we're, just, you kind we're, of we're not them? saying... We're just saying, like... I'm just saying there is are advantage. There are advantages. Yeah, but I don't agree with that. Obviously, there's advantages. It's injured privilege. Yes, but he also lost the year of not playing basketball competitively. That's true. Listen, like, there's that, also disadvantages of him sitting out. I mean, I'm arguing with you, but that being said, Ben Simmons is the rookie of the year, in my opinion. He averaged 16, 8, and 8 on the year. Uh, averages just, ju- averaged just under two steals and one block per game this year. He led all rookies in total rebounds, assists, steals. He was third in blocks, second in points. And I think the thing that really put me with uh, Ben Simmons over Donovan Mitchell was the field goal percentage. Ben Simmons shot 55% from the field. Now, I know Donovan Mitchell's shooting harder shots. I get that. He's also shooting more because his team asks him to, to shoot more. Very true. But efficiency plays a major role with me, and you'll see that coming up. That's going to be a theme that's going to rear its head a lot uh, during this. But, yeah, for me, Ben Simmons, because of the efficiency, because he's been doing it all year, Mitchell kind of had a slower start to the season and then kind of picked up the pace uh, at the end. I think that 
Ben Simmons is my guy because of that consistency and because he just does more things all around, not only on the offensive side, but on the defensive end as well. Uh, Simmons shoots a high percentage because he can't shoot. Yeah. So a lot of his points are at the rim. He's also bigger than everyone trying to guard him. Yeah. So, he's getting- so th- this is a dude who's 6'8", six, 6'10", six, and he's just bodying all these guards. And a lot of guards were hurt in the East this year. You know, Kyrie got banged up towards the end. I think he missed about like 15 games too. John Wall was out. So he was shooting a high percentage because he wasn't shooting. I just you know, just wanted to point that out there. But look, uh, Simmons was impressive. Uh, did you have Simmons also as you have? Yeah, I think. I mean, granted, he uh, does. MVP. Sorry, rookie of the year. Yeah, rookie of the year. He has obviously the better talent around him. I think Philly's roster is more talented. Thus, like the assist numbers, like handing it off to Joel Embiid, who shoots really well. Uh, you know, easy kickouts. They, Roko is a beast around the rim. So I mean, they have a ton of talent. I think more talent than. Uh, what Utah Utah has, has out there, and Utah I think it's down. I think it's more impressive that Utah got in the playoffs pretty much off Donovan Mitchell's play, but I think just all year round, I think Ben Simmons was the better player for me, and I'm just giving him the Rookie of the Year nod. Fifth most wins uh, by any rookie in NBA history who was leading his team in scoring, Donovan Mitchell. In December, they were 17 and 28, and then they won 11 games right before the All Star break. Uh, this was a team that was a lottery team. Had no Gobert. Gobert in games in which he missed, they were eleven and fifteen without him. And having having Donovan Mitchell just become the the entire offense, the entire team, most forty point games as a rookie. Um, one argument that I, I think you you had it, boss, saying how Philly's loaded compared to what Utah is, and you can argue that if Simmons was off the Sixers, that would only mean that they put more on Embiid's plate. If Mitchell was off the Jazz, who's going to score for them, right? Little Spanish butterfly, Ricky Rubio. I don't think. But so. you got to give Gobert <laughs> credit for hit. Like when they came back, they took off too. Like, they took off. That's not a coincidence. No, of course, but they took off defensively. He right. He didn't really help them offensively. Right. Which he had to do everything for them offensively. But that still has an impact. Oh, of course, yeah. Wins, loss. If you don't need to score 120 points a night, yeah. and you could get away with scoring 100 to win. I'm not yeah. like trying to slight Mitchell in this, but I'm just saying like Rudy Gobert is a big piece of that team as well. I just think uh, rookie record for three-pointers in a season two. Um, he shoots a lot more. That's why his percentage isn't as high. I mean, that's just that just comes with the territory. Yeah. You know? He's also shooting further away from the basket. Yeah, like a, a lot more threes. And I just think think about the guards that he got to go up against in, in the West, man. That's true. That That's that's something that really like shook me when I was making this decision is a lot the competition of, factor. A lot of elite guards, though. Look, you play them. You that play doesn't them. sway my opinion when it's NBA basketball. I'm sorry. I, I think you should you should consider it a little bit when you have to play these teams four times as opposed to playing them just twice. I'm not considering that. I think NBA talent is NBA talent. No, nah, of I, course. I'm but, not, not going to say, oh, just because you're playing, you're not playing the guards of the West. But if on I'm Monday, gonna, if on Monday I got to guard Russ, and then Wednesday I got to guard Dame, and then tough. Thursday I got Curry, yeah, you're getting a lot more of that in the West than you are in the East. I know. I say it was tough love. Like, whatever. East, you got... East, you got Jared Jack one night, and then you got I guard Jared you got Terry Rozier the <laughs> next can't. night. You nah. know, so Terry Rozier is on the come up. By nah, the way. he is on the come up. Going to be a free agent next year too. So I probably saw it after free agent. I'm going. I'm going with uh, Donovan Mitchell, and also I th- I think that having a year of experience in an NBA system and locker room is is completely different. So I'm rolling with uh, Donovan Mitchell. All right, let's uh, go to Defensive Player of the Year. I'll pick it up because I got another Jazz player winning it, and I got Rudy Gobert. Uh, I, I mentioned how they were 11 and 15 without him. Uh, Rudy Gobert is 
a uh, 104.3 points allowed per 100 possessions when he was on the court. When he was off the court, uh, 97.8 points when he's on the court. Hot so, damn. There's a guy that was a defensive beast, and he's just so – he's mad big and long. <laughs> and uh he no just changes he yeah he just he just changes their entire entire defense and i mean the fact that your entire team becomes a better defensive team and unit when you're on the court i think that says all you need to know about this award yeah i have gobert too i feel like i always have gobert you know every time this just in the conversation award comes up but um yeah pretty much everything nick nick touched on i think He's a force around the basket, so it's it's even tougher to get basket and grab boards. So there's no second chances really when Gobert's around, and yeah, he just cuts you know points in the paint down by so much. It's like an eight point swing, as Nick just said. So he's a big reason, along with Donovan Mitchell, like I also just said that that the Jazz took off. There's no coincidence that when he came back, the winning streak continued. Yes, they won 11 in a row before the before the All Star break. It was yeah, yeah, but they continued playing solid basketball throughout to the finish to the finish line and big part of that was Rudy Gobert. I I gotta agree with both of you guys. Rudy Gobert is my pick for defensive player of the year. Uh on I you guys gave all the stats. Another stat that I saw is Utah ranks towards the bottom half of the league in points against on fast breaks and on, on off turnovers and on transition, but they rank second in total defense when they are in the half court set. So it shows you how much of a difference it is when he has time to get in the paint and stand there, how much of a difference maker he is for every in every way. Uh, a lot of people talk about Anthony Davis for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, shout out to Paul George. I think mm-hmm. Paul George is one of the more underrated defenders in the league. Uh, probably one of the best. With Kawhi out, probably the second best two-way player in the year. Uh, two-way, two-way players, excuse me, in the NBA. Uh, this year, he, he was tied for first in deflections per game. He was tied for second in total steals and tied for third and this is one of the more underrated stats that you could that you could find in total loose balls recovered. He recovered 139 of loose balls. That's major. That's 139 extra possessions. Mm-hmm. And the Thunder led the league in steals by far this season because of George and Westbrook and their sticky hands. So. And without their best defensive player because he got hurt earlier this year, Andre G. League Roberson. <laughs> and look what look what happened. That really affected them real hard, right? <laughs> They'd be better with him. Uh, yeah, I will say too. Embiid too should be definitely thrown in there. He was in the in the he was in consideration last year in the limited minutes he saw. He played like half a season. They were talking about MVP and possible depoy, and this year he really got a chance to you know be out there and put it all together. So he had another solid year on defense. If uh, if Embiid or Rudy Gobert win this award, it'll be the fewest games a defensive player has ever played and won this award, and they're the two favorites according to Vegas. So it's going to be other them two and then. Uh, uh, Anthony Davis that Tim mentioned too. All right, now let's get the another interesting one. Coach of the year. I'm gonna go with Brad Stevens, man. Listen, when you take a team not only who loses their second best player on the open on opening day, they also lose their best player. Nick went through the the role players that they lost, but let's not also forget this. His job was hard when everyone was healthy. This is a team that was the number one seed in the NBA last year. I'm sorry, in the in the Eastern Conference last year. And they brought back only five players from last year's roster. He had to go through a complete roster turnaround, including a new main player in Kyrie Irving. That's already a hard enough job. And the fact that he had to now combat these injuries and the team still had over 50 wins and still finished with the second best record in the East is absolutely remarkable. I think 
a guy that can get the best out of his players like that um, deserves the coach of the year every year. Uh, I think Brad Stevens right now is the best coach in the NBA. But with that being said, like I said before, there's so many guys who could get this award. And I think like the rookie of the year, like I wouldn't be mad if there was co-rookie of the year this year where Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons both took home like half an award. Yo, give t- call Brogdon be like, yo, man. Dope, but give that last year's <laughs> rookie of the year to Ben Simmons, and then we give Mitchell this year's. We're chilling. Damn I like that idea better than Co. I hate right? Co. I hate Co. Awards. I yeah. think everyone would like that idea except Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon. Yeah, Brogdon. and yeah. like Bucks fans. Yeah, the twenty-seven <laughs> of them that are out there. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. I should say I'm down with the Bucks because you know you are honest, down with the Bucks. The Greek. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I actually had uh, I had Brad Stevens too, but I also put together something for Quinn Snyder for the Jazz. Uh, the fact that he was able to manage that rotation without Rudy Gobert gave the keys to a rookie. Also, got rid of two players that he was banking on this year in uh, Rodney Hood and Joe Johnson midway through the season. And in a tough, tough Western Conference, they made the playoffs. And also, is a team that lost their best player from last year's team, and they still made the playoffs. A lot of people were a little hesitant on them this year. Uh, and just the rotations, man. Just being able to work in... Uh, Ricky Rubio, Joe Ingles, who has been a huge piece to this team, even from last year's playoffs, did going see, into this year. Did you see after he dunked, he wore that shirt, like Dunk Life? Yeah. That was yeah. funny. And then, uh, like, balancing Derek Favors with Rudy Gobert, too, I think has been mm-hmm. big for them. So I, I think that Quinn Snyder, who I'm, I want to say I voted for last year, too. I could be wrong, but I, I think Quinn Snyder, him or Stevens, uh, I'll be happy with. Like Tim said, yo, there's so many of them this year. I got uh, Nate McMillan. The Pacers, I think when you trade your superstar, Paul George, you're not expected to do much, especially like no one knew what Old Depot was going to be like. And maybe you could give some of that props to Nate McMillan for, you know, coaching them up. Miles Turner, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, who also had a, you know, a solid year. He was part of that trade. Born ready. Lance Stevenson. Born ready, Lance. Um, yeah, they, they, I remember looking back at, as Nick always does, taking trips to Vegas, looking at their over under start of the year. It was like 31 or 32 and a half. And uh, they had 48 wins this year. So, I mean, he did a phenomenal coaching job. Unfortunately, they got to play the Cavs first round. It's a 4-5. But, um, yeah, I still think that that doesn't take away from the regular season they had. So, I'm going Nate. Nate Dog, RIP Nate Dog. <laughs> uh, and then last one we got is MVP. <clears throat> All right, I'll start this one off. I think that if you've been listening to me for the last two years, you under you know who I'm going with. I'm going with the one, the only, the king. LeBron James. He should win MVP every single year, but this year in particular. And the other guy on the docket is James Harden. He's the favorite, right? Well, a lot of people are saying it's because James Harden scored more. Well, he did score more points per game, but LeBron James scored more points, period, right? So LeBron James put the ball in the basket more than James Harden did. On top of that, he shot the same exact percentage from three that James Harden did. Here's what he did that James Harden didn't do. He was second in the league in total assists. He led the league in total points. He led the league in field goals made. He was 11 in total rebound. He played all 82 games. All 82. Without James Harden, the Rockets were 6 and 3. Do you know who do you know what the record was of the Cavs without LeBron James? We don't know cuz he played all of them, right? <laughs> they were 0 and 0. That is so rare for a guy in this day and age, and especially a guy who's 30, what, two now? 33? 33, I think. 33 yeah. years old, right? <clears throat> and on top of that, he took a team that was a complete shit show in the beginning of the year, 
rose them from the depths into something not spectacular but respectable, then orchestrated an entire roster turnover and still has that team winning 50 games. They still won 50 games. Now, let's take a look at the starting lineup of the Cavaliers if LeBron James weren't to play. George Hill, Kyle Korver, Jeff Green, Larry Nance, Kevin Love. That team would probably win 24 games without LeBron. And I'm being, like, generous. All right? Let's take a look at the Rockets. Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson, Clint Capella. Now, in the West, it's a hard team to make the playoffs. But in the East, that's a playoff team. All right? So if you're talking about who's more important not only to the squad but to the league, I think LeBron James is not only the answer this year, but he's the answer every year, hands down. LeBron James is the MVP. Nick, we're saving you for last. Uh, Nick, that'd Nick be, is like that'd be nice. Yeah, you know that nah. you know the Pokemon move bide. No, where you would just you would just sit there and your power would go up until you would one knockout punch. I feel like Nick is using bide right now. His face is just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm ready for all this. I've been waiting for this for 18 months. <laughs> uh, I'm going Ann Davis, a little uh, off the radar. I like that one, but I just like what he did. Really, uh, he handled the Boogie Cousins in sh- injury in stride. Um, Took the Pelicans to the playoffs for the first time since 2015. And, you know, not for nothing, like, the Pelicans really don't get much national love just because they're the market they're in. So I think it's always good to see Anthony Davis, one of the league's best players, or best-kept secret, I like to think, uh, in the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, he had a great year. He averaged, like, 28 and 11, so he's a monster on both sides of the ball. And he pretty much did it with Drew Holiday, who played a whole season, which was nice to see. Uh, e. Twizzy. Was there all these few games, and then like Rajon Rondo, and then a bunch of you know reserves like Ian Clark and Dante Cunningham, and you know there's not really much there behind them. So uh, he, he, I think it's it's him in my eyes for the job he did in terms of getting them to where they are. So I'm going Anthony Davis. Yo, he carried them when Boogie went down. I think that's the AD everybody's been waiting for. He was having like 40 point games off the right. It was, it was insane. But I don't know. He's he's a beast. He's like I said. I, I personally think he's one of the best kept secrets to the average NBA fan who don't get to see the Pelicans play a lot. Yeah, so. it's a, well. The issue with him has always been if he's been healthy. That's or not. true too. Health. Yeah, and this year he got to he got to stay healthy. And of course his partner goes down. Yeah, but Lord. I mean we'll see. I, I, it's going to be fun to see AD in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean I don't know how much time we took up, but guys, it's Russell Westbrook, isn't it? Triple double, right? <laughs> triple double. Is it? Isn't that it? Isn't that the be all end all? He hit it because he got a triple double again last night. Sixty. He got twenty rebounds on nineteen shots, but he don't he don't chase stats. He never does. You know. So uh, I, I think my I mean he openly said he chased stats and like everyone chases stats or could chase stats if they wanted to. He also said like yo if you think it's easy to get twenty rebounds go and fucking try. Nah, and but, I agree with that. But he also said people players chase stats and they can pick up whatever they yeah, want anytime. Yeah. So so my question is how come Russell Westbrook you know last year all I heard was triple double triple double Tim came on the show and he said I'm not gonna read off his stats but I'm gonna read off his stats and he told us about the triple double how come this year it don't matter? I think last year because I mean last year this is why. <laughs> He's taking his sh- he's taking his shirt off. <laughs> this is my MVP. <laughs> Fear the beard shirt. Right. This is why. So look, all you <laughs> NBA people out there, all of you guys on the panel can all sit on one because last year you all told me that James Harden was an MVP because Russell Westbrook got some got some a uh, triple double, right? So he does a triple double again this year. I was rooting for him so hard to get a triple double. Gets a triple double. Now what happens? They win. Pretty much the same amount of games. His as they did team last is year. also more impressive this year than it was uh, last and, year, and he also scored seven more points a game last year. 
False bars. That's anyway, not false bars. Thirteen point one to twenty five point four. The triple double is an arbitrary number too. Because if I if Joey gets ten, ten, and ten, but Boss gets thirty two, seventeen, and four, who had the more impressive game? Why? Because I could label a triple double that's more impressive. No, well, that's it's bullshit. It's, it's hard it, to get. It a depends. Double. It depends. Did you did you do it on eight of nine shooting? Because James Harden shot forty five. Yo, listen. Not for nothing. I don't know how you're trying to discredit this because this has never been done before. So I, I'm sorry. All right, it's like never been done before, double. and he, he just did it again. And how come he's not on the MVP right, discussion? He should be. It. I think three, he is. In the, he is three, in the MVP. Three, three years ago. Three years ago, everybody told James Harden, "Yo, man, it was the stats. Curry got." Sorry, three years ago it was, yo man, Curry got more wins than you. That's why he won. He won the MVP. He's like, I right, bet. Last year he has dope ass numbers and he puts up the wins. Nah, man, triple double. So what did James Harden do this year? I'm gonna get the most wins in the league and I'm gonna put up monster a monster season. Tw- the twenty first most efficient uh, P P E R uh, player efficiency rating of any guard in NBA history. He just posed this year. He's whack on defense. LeBron better defender. That's also false. On backdowns in the post, guards shot 34% on James Harden. That's the, the third lowest mark of any guard eligible for this. Kevin Love missed a lot of time for, for LeBron. Cool. That's fine. Chris Paul missed mad time too. The same amount of games actually. Missed the same amount of games. And the reason why LeBron had to play all these games was because he built that team, by the way, too. That Cavs team. All these shitty contracts that he's, he's given out. And LeBron had to play all these these games to keep the team afloat. James Harden was chilling the whole year because he was putting up monster games so they could coast the last fifteen games. So they've been they've been chilling now. I think that it's the most ridiculous thing. Everybody that voted for Russell Westbrook last year MVP, and I should have been validated. I should have been paid. <laughs> and this year, the fact that he is sixth on ESPN's rankings for MVP, Basketball Reference, he's eighth, and I think the Ringer had him at seventh. Like, come on, man. I watched the games all last year. People need to stop just looking at the box scores. I mean, the way this year, too. The way you're talking about Don Mitchell, how, like, without him, who was scoring the ball last year, saying it would be set for the Thunder. Okay, hold on. Sabonis. Come on. Was a rookie. And all right, Oladipo, though. Oladipo goes from from 14 points a game playing with him because he wasn't getting any shots, and now he's the most improved player in the league, probably going to make all NBA team. Fair, but he wasn't that with the Magic before that either. What about Kanner? Kanner was solid with the Knicks. He was good. Yeah, Russell was Westbrook, good for them too. He Westbrook to... shot four hundred more times than DeRozan he had did. To. I don't think he had to. I, I think, think that... he had to. For them also, to another last thing. Year. Last year, the story was Russell Westbrook because KD up and left. Oh man, what is Russ right, gonna do? Right. And that's what the NBA has also. And he become. answered it. With I that. think that's. I think that's a, a valid explanation for part of why case. the MVP goes there, though, too. Like, I, yo, Houston's part of the story now because they're the team that has a chance to beat the juggernaut of the. Of the Warriors, like they, they're the story, and that's why, and that's why Harden, Harden only played seventy games this year, by the way. Yeah, but an MVP is not a, a story award. I mean, there's definitely things there, that there, tie there's story it to it. You know why? Because in 2015, when the Warriors won the the finals, do you know what everyone was saying about Iguodala? He shut down LeBron. He shut down <laughs> nah, LeBron. Right? You know what LeBron had? 35, 13, and eight. If there's no down, shutting down in the NBA. So he kept the NBA check. is like single. It becomes a story, man. It becomes a story that KD left and he had to do this all on, on his own. I think it can't be. It can't be That's discounted. Part of the reason why it can't be discounted that last year Russell Wils- Russell Westbrook scored thirty one point six points and this year at twenty five point four. Thirty nine and nine in the West too. Better conference. I'm I'm just saying sixty one team Histori- the Every all the years watching basketball, every historian, it's the 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 award goes to the best player on the best team. It's a top three seed. 
You need to be a top three seed. That I don't like, but but you're right. But yeah, I'm but, not I mean, but, but that's been that's been for seventy five years. That's in why the I like and then la- last style. year he's a six seed triple double. I mean, and that's what James Harden does this year. At the he same, gives you the stats and the wins. At the same time, though, like LeBron took that team. That's that LeBron takes that team out of oblivion. So just because he's the fourth seed and not the third seed, you should discount him because of that. Absolutely, because it's a regular ah, no season way. award. You can't, yo. When you who's when, better in the regular season than LeBron James? No one. James Harden was this year. I don't think he was. He and he only played seventy games. Because because he was. He, they he was chilled chilling. the last 15 games. Yeah, he yeah, didn't need to play him because he put in the work when he had to. It's not It's not James Harden's fault that LeBron James had his agent, who's his boy, Rich Paul or uh, Maverick Carter, be like, yo, man, Tristan Thompson, can we give him some money so he can stay with us? Give him $19 million a year? Three rebounds a game he's getting and bullshit like that? Come on. LeBron, LeBron's at fault for that, too. And the it's MVP is... one bullshit. The MVP is a regular season award. LeBron James is the best player in the league. No one's disputing that. But the MVP... It is for your regular season accomplishments, and James Harden is the MVP, without a doubt. Mm. And he should have been the MVP last year, back-to-back. Sure. Back. Uh, that I disagree with, but I see him being the MVP. That's fine. You could disagree, but you're wrong. And <laughs> you're my guy. I'm just saying. Well, you're clearly wrong because Russ won it last year. Touche. It's like you, it, I think Nick is more passionate about that than any like ex-girlfriend that it is left because that is that life. is that is the most <laughs> that is the most NBA I watched in my life last year. I watched a shitload, and I didn't just read the box scores, which I think a lot of people just read the box score, and they just looked at the averages, because that wasn't the case. You also were invested, so that's of why course, yeah, I was invested. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't you be too? What if I? I mean, if I, I yeah, of course I was invested. But also, when you have people I that are experts for two years for eighteen people months, that are, like you said people you that are for. experts, NBA experts, and they're saying, man, you know what? I shouldn't maybe shouldn't have voted on Russ last year. Are saying it. I feel a little validated. I mean, you can't. That's a terrible thing to say. You can't say, vote one way and then just be like, nah, I shouldn't have done that. That's terrible on their part. Um, all right. <laughs> also, Nick was waiting to get that one out. Also, let's not, let's not discount the all fact that. All you damn trolls with the triple-double, you should be ashamed Let's of not discount too. the fact that, that Westbrook, though, maintained that triple-double average throughout the year. This year, he was chasing it, chasing it, chasing it, chasing it, and then finally got it in some garbage games. Like that is a different way to get oh, the triple double. They weren't garbage games because they needed up until game eighty one to clinch a playoff berth. So he was all right. Fine against garbage teams. Yeah. Let's 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 say that instead because they they played some garbage teams in this stretch. So that was it's a different situation because he's the only NBA, guy. Though, like, he's keeping it. He's keeping man, it consistent all year. This year he just got it yesterday. So I think that is a big difference as well. He had it at one point, like a couple weeks ago. I don't know. I, I think level. I think the reason why he might have got it last year was because it just became, it was a spectacle. It did. I I drafted him number one overall in my fantasy basketball league, and we were even talking about in the chat before the season even started, like, "Yo, he's gonna average a triple double. He's gonna kill your field goal percentage." We were but, right, but it's just <laughs> like it's like, but, but like to the average fan, like I don't watch like a ton of NBA, but. Even last year when everyone's talking about the triple-double, it's like, all right, even I knew what he was putting up like on a daily basis. You know what I mean? So like, you were checking it out and seeing, like, oh, oh is he still doing it? Or is he still whatever? <clears throat> like, the fuck is going on? And then, like, that's all they talked about on ESPN. That's all they talked about. On, but how many times did we talk still about impressive. it? It's impressive. Like, no, yeah, it's absolutely impressive. It but it, I, I, I mean, it happens with the MVP where it's like a story award, but I, I think that it should just go to who fucking deserves it and not, like... Oh, this person left. So, like, you did well if, you know, without KD or some shit. Like, just whoever's the fucking, you know, 
whatever. Um, for for spitball, uh, now we're going to do something different. Uh, we're just gonna do uh, all NBA teams for second and third. Uh, I'm gonna get your first teams first. Mm-hmm. Everyone, all right. Whoever whoever <clears throat> wants to start. Uh. So the the all NBA teams are two backcourt guys, three frontcourt guys. Just so so there's no like guard, uh, no point guard, shooting guard, center. There's no, there's no like five guard yeah, lineup yeah, either. Yeah, you can't right, do that. Right. So I got James Harden, Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James as my all NBA first team. I kind of the same. I got Damian Lillard, James Harden, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Anthony Davis. I got James Harden, Russell Westbrook, so don't say I, I turn, you know. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still giving him love. LeBron Durant and AD. Same as a man, scary when you, wow, my voice cracked. OD. That's scarier than my team, than I the know. teams listed. Uh, second team. Oladipo, DeMar DeRozan, Giannis Adetokounmpo, LaMarcus Aldridge, and uh, The Process, Joel Embiid. Ooh. I got Victor Oladipo, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. <laughs> He was uh, called Wilson. Wellsbrook. Wellsbrook. <laughs> Do you know? I, I saved it, though. That's yeah, the important yeah. part. Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. I, I got Dan Dallas, Oladipo, Greek Freak, Towns, and Draymond. Draymond Green. He had a bit of a down year, but I'm, I'm, I'll throw him up there. Uh, and 13. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Stephen Curry should have been first team, but he missed, I think, 30 games. So I'm going to give him a little, you know, just drop him down a little bit. Uh, Paul George, Ben Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns. And I know what you're thinking. I picked Mitchell as rookie of the year, but I put Ben Simmons in all NBA. But I just think third team. He was one of the top 15 guys. If there was an all NBA fourth team, I, I think I'd throw Mitchell on there, though. Uh, my third team is Curry this, for the same reason. He should be. The impact with him when he plays at Golden State is so obvious. I think it was 51 games he played this year. 51 games. Yeah. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, Andre Drummond, and Rudy Gobert. I have a Curry. Hey, yo, DeMar! <laughs> DeMar, DeMar, DeMar DeRozan, Embiid, Aldridge, and Al Horford. Al Horford is a good one. He's one of the healthy Celtics. I think I missed. kept that team together. Not the best stats, like not nothing flashy about his stat line, but he was there every game. You know what? I miss Lamarcus Aldridge. I, I missed yeah, him. He, I, he, I, he, LA, LA had a big year for this. He looked he looked like Portland Lamarcus Aldridge this year without Kawhi. You know what? On my third team, take away Andre Drummond. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Aldridge in there instead. All right. Uh, well, there's that, and uh, now we're gonna get into <laughs> the uh, playoff uh, preview. We got all the matchups here. We're gonna start in the East. Uh, Raptors, Wizards. You're looking at the odds here. Wizards are plus 500 to win this, which is a big underdog. Uh, what are their chances for coming out with this? Or zero, zero percent. <laughs> this is my sixteen percent. This is to my the favorite sweep candidate. I just the the Wizards. Ha- they got no chemistry. They have a history of blowing shit. Um, they Pulse. they have a their best player missed half the season. They've been on a skid. Uh, they've they're they are definitely backdooring their way into the playoffs, not going with a head of steam. And Toronto just seems like a different team this year. They are talented from from they're deep, they're talented from the best player to their worst player. Uh, they have one of the better rosters in the NBA. So I'm I'm going to say that Toronto handles this one easily. This is my sweep for me. It's funny you say Washington blows it when Toronto. You can say the same exact thing. That's true. Two. That's true. I just I have a new feeling about Toronto this year. I don't know. I think I I feel as though it's a it's a new 
Yeah. DeRozan shooting threes is such a huge fucking difference. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. Like how it's crazy in today's world to be judged on what's done today. You know, DeMar DeRozan wasn't the player he was even like two to three years ago. No, not at all. So like, and he was a first round pick. So you gotta give these th- guys time to develop. Even if it's in the they're developing in the NBA, you gotta give it time. He's like a prime example of that. That being said, I got I mean I got the Raptors in five. I think the Wizards still have like all the talent in the world. It's just can they put it together? And yo, you know what's funny? The years past, we've always said how they have a really solid starting five, the Wizards, and it was the bench that we were worried about. And now this year, Ubre's become a big piece. Sanaransky, Sadaransky, I think I got it right on that one. Uh, he filled in for John Wall, and he didn't light it up, but he didn't he didn't mess it up either. He was solid. You saw that this is a guy that could bounce around the league, and he'll have he'll he'll you'll be confident if he if your starter gets hurt and he could run the run the team for a couple weeks, and he did with them. Bradley Beal stepped up. Otto Porter stepped up, too. Uh, Gortat is still a big liability for them. But Mahimi's also a mess, too. So they don't really got a big. Um, Toronto, I like Toronto this year. They play a lot of three-guard. They rely a lot, a lot on Van Vliet, too. Might be a six-man-of-the-year uh, six year candidate. But um, I think that Toronto's going to go through. Uh, I got it in six, though. Cause I think Beal and Walt could steal two games. Yeah. The only way that I'd give Washington a chance is if Beal and Wall both put up like 25 to 30 points a game and if Otto Porter hits like six threes a game, six, seven threes. They need to do what, what um, Portland was doing the last couple of years where that backcourt of McCollum and Dame would just it's drop 70 offense, points. Yeah. yeah, you need that with the Wizards now. So <clears throat> that, that's where I'm going. I'm going, I'm going Toronto in six. Ooh, six though. Just six, 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 six. Nick was definitely <laughs> that thought was, about that. That was, that was nah, mad good. Nah. <laughs> Uh, all right, and now uh, the next one we have here: Cavs Pacers. Pacers got a shot mm. to win one game. Yeah. I'll give them one game. <laughs> I'll give them one game. Playoff, though playoff for LeBron. Though I'll tell you this much: I'm not calling an upset, but it wouldn't be a surprise to me if if the Cavs did did lose this series, just because they're it's a shit show. What's going on? It wouldn't be a way. surprise though. Nah, it, it wouldn't, because I think Indiana's a really good team, and I think that they Cleveland are. Cleveland I, is Cleveland is really really bad defensively. And you can say that, yo, LeBron might go to superhuman strength and drop 45, 10, and 10. In games in which LeBron dropped a 40-point triple-double, they're 1-5. in five. So, it's crazy. Like, this is, isn't really your traditional, like, four-seed Cavs. So, anyone else, aside, like, since the Pacers finished in fifth, they wouldn't see the Raptors and, and, and the Cavs if they had the season they were supposed to have. So, like, I, against any other team in the East, I'd give them a fair shake yeah. to beat in the series. But I'm, I'm going Cavs. No, I'm going Cavs, too. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Just, no, yeah. I'm just, I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Like, I'm looking, like, at the field, and I think they could – they match up well against everyone else, maybe aside from Raptors and Cavs, to win a round, at least, the Pacers. I, I will say this is going to be pretty entertaining because it's going to be LeBron versus Lance Part 2. See Ooh, what he word. got. See what he got in store blow. for him in this one. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> yeah, so I mean, funny. Cavs in five in this one. I do think that uh, Indiana could sneak one, um, especially on the home court. Probably game three. Um, we shall see. Game, Cav- game three when they're down two zero, coming back to Indiana, brother. I got Cavs in six. <clears throat> okay. I think that LeBron does go a little apeshit. He goes mellow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that he's on a mission this year to change history. In 2016, Tristan Thompson apparently cheated on his girlfriend then. They ended up winning the finals. Oh, yeah. That was his so baby mama, too. He might got, be, uh, yo, he got out of the Kardashian right before the playoffs. That's how you do it, Tristan. Well done. Nah, nah. He just had his baby, so it's like they're going to work it out. 
Because he had a girl. I mean, they did have the baby. It's funny obviously. though because uh, I saw I saw a funny. Um, I think E E was covering it. Don't ask me why I was watching the E E news, but Jesus. Total Divas. That's why Total Divas. Shout out. <laughs> it was funny how they were like, "Do you know what the Kardashians did to get back at Tristan Thompson? They they unfollowed him on Instagram." And it's like, dude, that's really what it comes down to nowadays. It's like, yo, you just unfollow someone, and that's like the that's the juice. That's nowadays. the juice, right? Yeah, I will say my though, girl don't even have if one of them if one of them likes your picture, major juice. Like Kim Kardashian, if Kylie Jenner like liked your picture, probably change your life. That means she was on your page looking at your shit. One at one at you think is the game? Not changer? even one at. Yeah. One That's at way will, ahead one of at will like. literally change your life. Yeah, I'm talking literally. about a like that people like could find somehow yeah. on your t- on her t- like, on your. Yo, page. I feel like that would dead ass. Like people would be like, yo, wait, who the fuck is this? I swear to God, be weird. Yo, how much do you think she's taking for likes? She's got it. She's I like, think she makes the most money of, of all of them, bro, right? They make Kylie? like a quarter million dollars for posting about something. And they're, it's worth every dollar, too. <sighs> One day, it is. We'll get it's, worth, it's worth every penny. <laughs> Whatever, whoever is paying to, to advertise on a Instagram, uh, fucking a Kardashian's mm. Instagram is like, yeah, you're making your money back. Follow us on Instagram at veterans underscore minimum. <laughs> please. Fucking Kylie's got more money than Kim. That's Ky- fucking wild. Kylie, please follow us if you're listening out there somewhere. I bet she'd love sports. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She Athletes. loves rap. Oh. <laughs> she loves what? Rap. Oh, yeah, definitely loves rap. Uh, all right, the next one we got, uh, the 76ers and the Heat. Are the 76ers going to make it past Miami? I'm calling upset. I got the Heat going through. Oof. Uh, young team, right, the Sixers. Think about this. No playoff experience. No really. playoff experience outside, outside of JJ. Of, and, and, and Bellinelli, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the most and underrated. B, and B is still questionable for this series. He might come back halfway through the series. You saw him with the mask on? Do that picture? Yeah. Batman? Uh, him and Hassan Whiteside always go at it. Also, uh, very good, very well-coached team. Spolster with the Heat. A lot of veteran guys, too. And the underrated thing. Yo, a young team chilling in Miami for a, a couple days, too. Yo. I was going to say underage, but I don't think any of them are underage. No, 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 not underage. Just chilling in the play. You're going to be in South Beach for... I'm just saying I thought they were underage. It wouldn't matter anyway, they're NBA players. I just think that is something to consider, man. You know, the, the Vegas flu in hockey, that's something you got to consider. Vegas flu. Now in, in Vegas the is up one nothing as we up speak. Up one nothing, And also, historically, teams that play in South Beach during the playoffs, they, they struggle a little bit. I mean, I <laughs> I see what Nick is, is going with here. It's the young up-and-coming squad. Versus the veteran-laden team that knows how to win. Joel Embiid's health is going to be a big factor. As of right now, he's it's it's not known whether or not he's going to play in Game 1 or not. That's an ultimate factor because if they drop Game 1, all of a sudden you have a, a series where there's no home court advantage. It's, it's completely uh, even in that point. And I think the Sixers will need home court advantage. Um, underrated, one of the harder places to play in the league this year uh, was... The 76ers home court, uh, they were 30, I'm sorry, not 30 and 11 at home. Uh, so a really good home record. Um, I got the Sixers going through in seven, uh, but I would not be surprised if Miami goes through here. Like, again, this is a veteran laden team that knows how to win, and they have a lot of guys who are trying to make their own names out here. And I, and I also, I also think, uh, I'm curious to see how Ben Simmons responds to playoff, playoff defenses now, because he... This whole regular season, he really struggled in the fourth quarter of games because he's not a guy that they would let him shoot. So I could see Spolstra being like, yo, just let him pack it in and let him shoot. And they have a defensive presence in Whiteside. And also, they got a lot of guys that they could throw at him. 
They could throw James Johnson, uh, Josh Richardson. They could throw uh, Tyler Johnson, too. They could rotate. Wayne Ellington? Pieces. Wayne Ellington. Random dude. Not a white dude, but random dude. <laughs> just random buckets career revival. Yeah, so I think that this is this is the only series I could see as an upset, especially in the East. Yeah, I, I kind of like Philly here. I think they're like I said, superior. Well, superior, superiorly talented compared to the Heat. But I like the Heat squad too. They got a couple young players in Bam and Justice. Bam's another guy they could throw at. Uh, oh, and Justice Winslow, they could throw at uh, yeah. Ben Simmons too. So they they got a good mix of savvy vets and, and young bucks. Like I just mentioned, Dwayne Wade also back in. South Beach playoffs, so we'll see. I kind of like that video he threw out. They had on Instagram of his post uh, sipping, sipping champagne. He's like, "Yo, I'm a little <clears throat> twisted, right?" When he <laughs> when he got to Miami on on his physical before the trade got accepted, he had the he had the most body fat of any player on the team, mm. and now he has like the third least. Who? So, Dwayne Wade when Yo. he came from Cleveland to so so maybe He's being back in South Beach, being back home, got that hunger, got, got back in shape. Yo, Gabrielle Union, start cooking some healthy stuff, bro. She What's what's going on? Yeah, she's doing it. Paleo. <laughs> she's doing it. She's doing it. Uh, all right, now the closest series, according to Vegas, the Celtics and Bucks. There's another upset. I'm going Milwaukee. Oof. Uh, best player in the series is Giannis. Not even close. Kyrie's out. Gordon Hayward's out. Marcus Smart is out. Um, the only thing that's preventing me from you know making some phone calls and putting some money on this series is that the coach for the Bucks is clueless. This guy, it, it look. You know how people cut ass on uh, on Steve Kerr for letting Draymond Green and then call plays sometimes. It seems like this has been happening for forty games now. Yeah, I was gonna say Nick gives Nick Nick gave all his co- uh, props to Brad Stevens, even with the injuries he's leaving on him. I mean, because he don't he don't got the best player in the series. If I, he had one of, if he even if he had Marcus Smart, I'd probably does he have the him. second best? Jalen Brown, uh, I'd probably take Tatum. Or, yeah, I think Tatum is probably the second best player in the series. Yo, they still have a good team, regardless. Like, but yeah, Milwaukee's starting five is fire, yo. It is. Like, I, their crunch time is they dope. Put up with, with put Bledsoe, up Giannis. They, they're mad long too. I Middleton. fuck with I, I fuck with them in the series as well. I think it's going to be a seven game upset. I think that uh, the Bucks are going to win this one. Um, I think it's going to come down to transition. Uh, right, the Bucks are six in the NBA in transition, but Boston is fifth in the NBA in transition defense. If they if Boston can stop the transition points uh, from coming, then guess what? They'll win. But I just don't see it happening. Uh, without all the guys that you said, uh, especially Marcus Smart, who, who brings that kind of attitude to the team, there's only so much coaching can do. And I, I think, yeah, exactly like Nick said, the only way that the, the, Red, the Red Sox, the Celtics win this series is if they are extremely overcoached. Like if they outcoach uh, – if they outcoach the Bucks, one hundred percent, I think that's the only way they win. Think about it. Milwaukee last year they played Toronto in the playoffs, and that was a pretty close series. Toronto had guys that could match Giannis on any given night, and that's ultimately what won them the series. Where I don't think anyone had any Boston has anyone right now healthy that can match him. I don't either, but I think they have someone who could guard like Tatum and Brown could give him fits, not necessarily like slow him down, yeah, but like yeah. twenty points, you know. Slow, yeah, slow him down a bit. See, um, I'm looking at the other way. I'm thinking Ante de Kubo could give Tatum fits, uh, and then and then who's scoring for the, the Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier? Like I like Terry Rozier too as a you know a guard for them. I I, I don't see them. I got the Celtics. I could see them losing, but I don't think they they'll bow out first round. I got the the Celtics in six. It's hard, man. When you lose those three players, I mean, 
can't even count Gordon Hayward because he didn't play all year. But you lose Smart and you lose Kyrie, it's huge. For sure. All right, uh, let's go to the West. This one's going to be close. Rockets, Timberwolves. Sweep. Anyone have anything other than a sweep? <laughs> uh, I think I'll give I'll give Minnesota one now that Butler's back. Uh, I think Butler is probably going to be drawing James Harden, like guarding him there. So I think that that could be something they could maybe steal. Look, the longest playoff drought of any team in the NBA just ended. So I think that they'll give him. That's another one we need to be care- uh, keep an eye on. Down 0-2 going to Minnesota. I think that's another game where you might see a, a 2-1 series going into game four. But I think that Thibodeau played for his job last night because the fact that Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins couldn't make the playoffs – Despite being in the West, especially when you had Jimmy Butler, too, it, it took until the last game of the year. They didn't make the playoffs. I think he would have been in trouble. But the fact that they get him back, I think is huge. Jimmy Butler is a game changer. Uh, but, you know, Houston, I think Houston is going to cruise, too. I'll go five. Yeah, I got Houston at five. But I, I like, I love the Timberwolves rosters because they're so young. Like, I love that three that you just named Wiggins, uh, Towns, and and Butler, and I just love the drive we get, uh, Towns plays with. I think if Butler stays, they got a bright future, but right now they just don't have an identity in, in the crunch time minutes. They don't really have a guy who wants the ball, who's going to take the ball, and do something smart with it. Uh, if Wiggins has it, he's going to go into some kind of crazy dribble. If Carl uh, Anthony Towns has it, he's he doesn't look like he wants the ball in those situations, and Jimmy Butler kind of goes into isolation in those points as well. As well. So... It's uh they got to figure out who's going to take the last shot for them and once they do I think this is going to be a completely different team. They're trying to they're, I I feel as if watching them I feel as if they still don't know who's their guy down the stretch because everyone wants to be their guy. Andre uh Andre Andrew Wiggins came out and said, "Yo, I wasn't happy. I'm not happy with my rotation and, you know, my opportunity out there." And it's like, "Dude, you're going to take a back seat to Jimmy Butler and and Carl Anthony Downs. Just pipe down a bit. They gave you a max deal, 140 million dollars right. when they shouldn't have. I don't think he's a max deal kind of player." But uh, Carl Anthony Towns has been cooking Capella all year. Uh, from playing DFS, I always took Cat anytime they played the Rockets. So it's a matchup that he likes to exploit. But uh, overall, I mean, Houston's been the best team all year. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Houston, but show some love to the Wolves. All right. Uh, what about Warriors-Spurs? Interesting seeing this in the first round. This would be a sweep for the Warriors if the teams that were playing each other two weeks ago... We're playing each other now. But Stephen Curry's missing for the Warriors. And Kawhi Leonard's back, which I just learned after I prepared for this show. So my notes are completely out the window because I think that this actually has a chance to be a Spurs win without Curry. Curry is the... He really is Chef Curry for this team. He stirs the pot. And he's not going to be able to go. He's already ruled out for Game 1. Bleacher Report just reported that about an hour ago. And the fact that Kawhi comes back... If Kawhi can come in and be the Kawhi that he was last year, now that is a lot to ask, right? And it's a long shot. And that's why probably the Warriors will win the series, probably in six games is what I'm predicting, right? But if he can come back and drop 30 points a game and shut down Durant to the point where he's not shut down, but like like Boss said, there's no shutting down the NBA. There's only kind of containing as much as you can. If he can contain Durant as much as he can, it's going to be on Klay Thompson to be the main score on that team because Dray- Draymond's not a scorer. And if Durant is held to 20 to 24 points, it's going to be hard to get points uh, against a Spurs team that plays fantastic defense. That's been their calling card in the Greg Popovich era. So this is all of a sudden becomes a matchup that is a lot 
harder than it looked like two, three, four weeks ago. So I think the Spurs have a chance here. I'm still going. War- I think Warriors take it in five. We saw Kawhi come back and didn't look himself, and then ultimately got shut down. But I, after missing a season full of play, where these guys are in peak shape and peak form, I really don't see the Spurs having much of a chance with or without Kawhi. I got Warriors in five, even without Curry. It's nice that when your best player is out, your next best player is Kevin Durant. That was always that was the talking point too when he signed there. It was like. Uh, you lose one MVP, but you have another MVP coming in right behind him. Yeah, so. but Curry, Curry's their best player. Uh, they're For one sure. in ten without Curry versus playoff teams this year. Um, it's going to be something interesting to monitor down the line because it's the injuries that have been nagging him his whole career. One of the reasons why Golden State built this dynasty that Tim is furious about is because the first three, four years of it, up until this past summer, they didn't pay Curry. They gave him a twelve million dollar a year deal because his ankles were shot and then from then on he just took off so they they were their best player was on a discount where you look around the league every team has a bad contract your best player is being paid like an average six man off the bench not six man off the bench it's six man um but if i'm with you tim if Kawhi, if we knew for a fact we were getting last year Kawhi, i'd probably call an upset too but i'm still i'm sticking with boss warriors in five it's funny that you say that because Michael Wright is right now reporting that uh, Kawhi is kind of like shutting down rumors that he's coming back. Um, he's an ESPN reporter, and he's working out with them, and Kawhi's like, uh, this is news to me that I'm playing. Uh, so <clears throat> that could have been the we'll storyline. That could have been a, a good storyline of the year when we opened, like Spurs versus Kawhi because there's mad shit going on over there. Yeah. It's like Popovich is – having Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili talk for him and shit, and they're doing private meetings. And apparently Tony Parker came out and said, my hamstring injury was worse than Kawhi's, and he's 10 years younger than me. He should have been back already. It's like, dude, you can't be throwing your teammates under the bus. Everybody's body reacts different to certain injuries. Come to the Knicks. <laughs> That's <laughs> Tim's answer for everything. That is my answer Come for play everything. on the Mets. Uh, <laughs> you don't need any players right now. 10-1, hey! Hey! <laughs> Uh, Pelicans, Blazers. There's a there's a cool one too. I, I'm going with the Blazers here. I think just because, uh, like Nick said, in the playoffs it comes down to who has the better player. Now, these guys both have a very very good player. Um, but I think that when you're talking about Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and the the problems that they pose as a guard combo. I just don't think New Orleans has enough to counteract that. Uh, so I'm going with I'm going with Portland, but I think it's gonna be a tight series. I think Aminu really helped them too. Is another guy that they could count on. Uh, Harkless, uh, Nurkic too down low. Former Pelican, if I'm not mistaken, Aminu. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Portland also. I think the guards are too dynamic, and now they're playing with a, a confidence and swagger that they haven't had before. But good for AD to get into the playoffs. This is the second time he's in the playoffs in his career, too. I hope this is a tight series, but I think ultimately they have too many scoring options. Like I said, the, the Pelicans are already thin as it is, um, pretty much all around anywhere you look. And I think McCollum, that guard duo, will outperform anything the Pelicans really throw at them in terms of defense. So, Yo, sleeping on E-Twizzy, son. How dare you? 
That's Etwan Moore, by the way, for those of you that, if we haven't mentioned that. I really sleep on Etwizzy. No, no, you're not. All right. I'm making sure you're not <laughs> sleeping on Etwizzy. I'm never sleeping on Etwizzy. <laughs> Yo, Etwizzy is a DK legend. DK. <laughs> Yo, I just I just had a I just started coaching baseball again. By the way, we won three nothing. My starting pitcher had fourteen Ks the other day. Fourteen? Was that the same yeah, kid you out, said you discovered like Yes, shout out to Juan Santos doing it. But he starts Damn, that's a pitcher's name. He starts every sentence with DK. Everyone Does he? DK. And then he starts a sentence. DK strike you out. <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible Spanish accent, if that's what you're going for. I, was. Yeah, I don't know what that was. <laughs> yeah, when Tim says something's terrible, it's gotta be terrible. Yeah, well, <laughs> take the L there. Um, all right, and then we got uh, the Thunder and the Jazz. I was hoping for about three weeks now that the Thunder would play the Warriors in the first round. Dude, I have a group chat that, honestly, we've been talking for the last week. Just will, can the can the the Thunder beat the Warriors in the first round? And With, Without Curry, I think they would have. I agree. I agree. I think they really have it. I think that's the best shot in the playoffs to beat them. Yeah. Now, with Cur- which, by the way, Curry is going to be reevaluated in a couple weeks. So it's not that he's returning in a couple weeks. So who knows how long he's going to be out. But with this series, this is a team that if you're Oklahoma City, if you ba- you get bounced in the first round, I think that completely eliminates you from the Paul George sweep, uh, sweepstakes. Um, if you're Russell Westbrook, you really got to treat this like every series is the finals because the more you prolong this pro- uh, playoff run, the better it is to lure Paul George to come back. Uh, with that being said, this is two dope fan bases. Utah is a pretty tough place to play in. Uh, uh, Oklahoma City is a tough venue to play in, too. And these are two teams that one is built on flash and the other one is built on grit and defense. I don't know who to pick on this one, but I think the fact that you got Russ and Paul George on one side that can shoulder the load offensively, I think that's going to be enough. So I'm going to go with Oklahoma City here. Those are arguably the two smallest markets in the playoffs. But they're also two of the craziest fan bases, like Nick said. Like those. Right. That. The right. Oklahoma City uh, arena sounds kind of like a soccer stadium. They're just always loud no matter what's going on. They always so, compare it to a big-time college basketball program, yeah, like I mean, the vibe of it. The fans all stand until the first bucket gets scored. Could you imagine doing that shit in New York? You ain't going to do that. No Syracuse, way. upstate New York. Baby, come through. We do that all the time. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm talking about, uh, about nah, the nah, Knicks. Nah, 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 like, what, standing that. until the first bucket? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Always. The only way people are standing is because they're lost because they can't find their seat because they don't speak English. Yeah. <laughs> because they're tourists. And that's the only people who go watch Knicks games. And that's why <laughs> tickets are so expensive when they're 20 yes. and 40. And that's why we're the most profitable franchise, even though we have the worst fin- <laughs> winning percentage since 2000. In the entire NB fucking A. Knicks. Mark Jackson, come through. Yeah, and every big free agent, Tim is trying to lure in. Man, come- Tim just explained exactly why. We got why the best spot you. for LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> Look, um... I think the key to this one is the Jazz rank in the bottom half of the NBA in opponents' points per turnovers, and the Thunder lead the league in steals. That's going to lead to a lot of transition points for the Thunder. I also believe that the right now the Jazz are a one-trick pony. It's Donovan Mitchell who's got to be your leading scorer. And as we saw, Russell Westbrook not only is a good offensive player, but he took on James Harden straight up the other day and shut him down when he had to. And when, when Westbrook is in the playoffs, he's a better defender. On top of that, you got Paul George, who's a better defender. So I think that the fact that those two guys are are there and can play on both ends of the floor and will get steals and turnovers and will create turnovers and will track down loose balls and will get those points uh, off turnovers and in transition, I think Oklahoma City takes this one too. Not going to lie, he's not the same player he nearly once was, but I'm hyped to see Melo back in the play. I was going to bring that up I too. agree. I agree. Like, 
he once was a superstar in this league, and I don't know. It's, I, it's for me. I, I'm a big Melo fan, so I'm happy to see him back. By the way, Donovan Mitchell, a little bit of a full circle here. Donovan Mitchell is the first rookie to lead his team in scoring and make the playoffs since Carmelo Anthony. Mm. So a little bit of history here. And also, Carmelo Anthony with his best three-point shooting season of his entire life this season. So yeah, a lot he was of, forced to kind of. Right. Well, That's his also, role. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of spot-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone ever complained about Melo as a spot-up shooter. That's no. what he did with Team USA. I was the best Melo Team USA. Granted, when you're playing with LeBron and Durant, Kind of the situation guys. he's in now, though. But yeah, now now he's just spot up. Like it's Russ, Paul, and then Melo. And I don't need you to get thirty. You don't need to. Give yeah, me give me fifteen 20, and yeah. grab grab some boards for me, and that's it. It's that Kevin Love role, kind of that Kevin Love Chris Bosh role, where you come in to be the third guy and you take that backseat. But I think that's a role that Melo plays and plays well. He just has to. If Melo decides that he's going to take the last shot of these games, I think the Thunder will lose. But he he's got to really be like, all right. I just need to play my role and shut my mouth. And I think then I'll have a chance. All right. Well, uh, that is the NBA playoffs. That is the preview. It's the start of the playoffs. We got to pick the champion, bro. That's what we're looking at. You want to pick a champion now? All right. I know who Nick's picking. It's the playoff preview, man. I think it's going to be Houston. And I think Cleveland gets there. Houston, Cleveland, yeah. Who's winning? Um, I'll go Houston. I think this is Houston. That's year. an interesting match. If not, if not now, never for Houston. Yeah. Right. James Harden has had his playoff demons, and Chris Paul has had his playoff demons. One thing that's changed from those demons in the past is now they have each other. So it's different when Chris Paul could be like, "Yo, you know what? I got Harden to carry the load," and then vice versa. This is why they brought in Chris Paul. I think this team is stacked. I think this team is ready. And D'Antoni's probably not going to run into Mike Popovich. Mike Popovich. Greg Popovich and the Spurs, who he's 0-6 against in a playoff series. So I think that this is going to be the year. They got to go into Houston if Golden State ends up making it to the Western Conference Finals along with Houston. So I'm going Houston. I think the reason that Houston doesn't make it is exactly why Nick said. Look, look, Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love got together, right? They're both heroin addicts. When they got together, they didn't stop doing heroin. They did more heroin. Where is this going? So when Chris Paul and James Harden get together with their sucky clutch time moments, they're just going to have more sucky clutch time moments until they OD on clutch time moments in the suckiness until they lose. Anyway. The uh, idea, also, though, is to have no sucky moments. <laughs> exactly. That's why they're both there. But, that's what you don't, but you don't get together. You, get, you give them to someone like, get like Damian Lillard if you want to have no more sucky moments in the clutch. But um, besides that... Uh, I got the Warriors in the West. Also, Mike D'Antoni, they asked him, does this season, like, is it a disappointment if you don't win the championship? And he went on some kind of rant about how, you know, just because we don't win the championship doesn't mean it's not a good season, blah, 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 blah. That's not what I'm trying to hear. I'm not trying to hear that from the head coach. I'm trying to hear yes. Next question. Even if you don't mean it. Because guess what? That's what you're paid for. And Mike D'Antoni has always been a regular season whiz and then loses in the playoffs. I expect the same to happen again. I think Steph Curry comes back. If he comes back, I think the Warriors are in there. I think it's Warriors-Cavs again and Warriors win again. I got Houston over Toronto. <laughs> Toronto, I, got, I think this is the year the Cavs I've been staring, overcome their issues. I've been Toronto. staring at that prop for about a month now. That Which matchup? 18-1. to one The on matchup. Uh, Bovada, yeah. What, for... For them to meet in the finals. The one thing that I'm worried about Toronto, which I like Toronto too, but there's just something about when they see LeBron. It's like everything just gets thrown out the window for them. They don't know what to do. 
that one team he just bodies. I think he's won 13 of the last 17 games against the Raptors. It's just something about that. I don't know if it's Drake sitting courtside and he just gets too amped, but there's something about and even Toronto when they see LeBron, it's like a rap for them. It's like that 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 monster they can't shake. Hmm. I just said Toronto. You know what, balls? Good for you, man. Balls. I just want to throw this out. <laughs> balls. I want to throw it out there that I picked every single series correctly last year. Just did you? Out there, I did. Interesting. Just putting that out there. Wait until the end to flex, but I'm flexing. I'm just, definitely going to check just, that because I think that's Check false. it out because I, I would love that. Oh, I, uh, that's got to get checked. That's got to get you checked. Fucking gotta guys. Get checked. You fucking guys. You can't just say good job. Nah, <laughs> got to nah, check nah. me. All right, fine. Check me. Fuckers. It's a we'll, big claim. We'll be back next week to check you. I, big claim. I stand by it. Um, all right. So that is the NBA playoff preview uh, so far. We'll follow along. Uh, boss, where can they find you? At Endovito27 on Twitter and the gram. Tim? At Temper Trap on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling really, really frisky. Um, at Brodo Fantasy for all your fantasy baseball needs. Podcast drops every Wednesday. Nick? Lamb VM10 on all social media outlets. Uh, at Degeneration Bet, the sports betting and DFS podcast. It's back this week. We took a break last week. Uh, we kind of let the uh, MLB episode we did with you, Tim, kind of, you know, have uh, be the main event. So we're back this week to run down some of these matchups for the hockey and the NBA from a betting perspective. My Andrew Benintendi pick is not looking good early in the season. Guy's struggling. Your Mets call isn't looking You know what? I, I can't take your Mets call serious because you're a Mets homer. What, so. what is that? No, no, no. That has, not, that has nothing to do with it. When you picked a uh, Med Rosario and Jose Reyes as the bromance in sports, kind of lost me there, bud. <laughs> kind of lost me there. I mean, it was off the top of the head. That was the most recent bromance that I could think of. Uh, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Joe Sanagato. Go follow the show at Veterans Minimum and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Veterans Minimum. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Veterans Minimum. And that is all. See you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.